welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. This is Michael Delaware. I am your host. And in today's journey through history, we're going to take a look at some of the history of cemeteries in Calhoun County. Now, many people out there follow my YouTube channel and they see a lot of my videos on historic cemeteries, of which I've done a number of them on different cemeteries around Calhoun County, telling some of the stories of people that are buried there. And I've long been fascinated by cemeteries, particularly over on this side of the country. Growing up, when I grew up in Phoenix, a visit to the cemetery in the Phoenix area was kind of boring as a kid. They didn't have all these monuments that were above ground. Everything was flat, stone markers, manicured lawns, and that sort of thing. And it wasn't until I moved to the East Coast that I became fascinated with cemeteries. Uh, I first moved to Georgia and lived there for a number of years, and then, of course, moving to Michigan and seeing all of these cemeteries with so many old historic markers and different styles. It's just a outdoor museum, and that's the best description I've ever heard anyone describe it as. And it is a fascinating place to walk around, and I know that there are a lot of fans of old cemeteries out there. So I thought I would cover some of the history of some of the early cemeteries here in Calhoun County in this episode. I'm not going to be able to cover all of them, but I'm going to give you some details of some information I found on some of the ones that are quite significant. So come along and join me. So I'm going to begin by using an article that was published in 1916. It was on New Year's Day, and the article is about the history of cemeteries in the Battle Creek area, as well as in Marshall. It does mention a few in Marshall. Now, the first settlers arrived in the Battle Creek area around 1831, and that was Sands McCamley and several other developers that wanted to purchase land and begin farming. And the first cemetery that was laid out in Battle Creek was in 1836, and it was provided by land that was donated by Sands McCamley. He's often regarded as the father of Battle Creek as the village founder. He built the mill race, platted the village, along with a few other people that he was uh, working with to bring this about, and he was the first banker and a lot of other things. But he also provided the land for the first cemetery. Now, that first cemetery was located along Van Buren Road right in front of the sanitarium building, which is now the Federal Center building. Now, if you're wondering where this cemetery was at, it's right where the two towers of that building are now built. And it was a cemetery that was in existence from 1836 until about 1844. And it was located just east of Washington Avenue and north of Champion Street on, at the time of this article, was part of the sanitarium grounds. The land at that time was covered with timber, and there was a lot of standing timber as well as fallen timber that had to be removed to clear away, and a lot of stumps and trunks had to be removed so that they could turn this plat of land into a burial ground. And because the village by 1844 had begun to grow so much, burials in this burial ground ceased. And they were ultimately moved to Oak Hill Cemetery, which was founded in 1844. Now, another cemetery that came along after this initial cemetery was one laid out by the Society of Friends, or the Quakers, as they were known as many of them had immigrated to the city by the year 1836 and in following years. 
And they originally had a Quaker meeting house on the grounds of where the Catholic Church in downtown Battle Creek now stands. And their burial ground was a originally on a small plot of land along North Avenue. And I've been told that it was in the proximity of where that old toy store used to be within a, a, a plot or two of that location on North Avenue. So it would have been right across from the high school. And they laid out that ground in 1837. And that cemetery existed until 1848. So it was only there for about 11 years. And at that point, they had a new plot laid out at that time, which was north of the city. And it was a plot of land that became known later as Fremont Park. And it was where Fremont and Groveland Streets are now. And today there is a park there and it's called Quaker Park. But I don't want to get ahead too much of the story. But that plot of land where Quaker Park now stands was their second burial ground. And they had the original graves move from the first burial ground to that location. And that was the Quaker burial grounds, also called the new Quaker burial grounds at that time. And this plot was selected because of its beautiful, dense foliage that offered shade and really kind of aligned with the Quaker philosophy of a peaceful resting place. And in 1848, the spiritualism movement began in Battle Creek, and this saw a lot of converts from the Society of Friends to this new belief system. And so the number of Quakers started to dwindle, and the number of Quakers going to Society of Friends gatherings began to dwindle, as a lot of them were converting to the spiritualism movement. And so following the Civil War by 1865, the Quakers began to sell off a lot of their church property, and that's how the Catholics acquired the land and constructed their church on that location. Now, Fremont Park, during those years, it was still a cemetery. It wasn't Fremont Park at that point. And when Oak Hill Cemetery opened in 1844, within the first decade or so, the old Quaker burial ground and the land that was there was transferred in, as a form of ownership to the city, and they leased it to the city for 100 years. Well, it wasn't exactly 100 years, it was 99 years, and they signed this agreement in 1889. And so that lasted until 1988, and the written agreement was the city of Battle Creek would pay the Quakers $50 a year for leasing that land. And what the city did is they moved all of the graves to Oak Hill Cemetery and turned that land into Fremont Park. Now, an interesting thing is I recently attended a historic cemetery tour out at Maple Hill Cemetery, and they had a presentation as part of that tour this year on the history of their potter's field at Maple Hill Cemetery. And the man who has been trying to research and locate exactly where the potter's field was has done quite a bit of research and using a lot of modern tools. And he's now bringing in a ground-penetrating radar to kind of prove where the actual burial ground is so they can maybe put a historic marker up out there or something like that. So he gave quite a long talk on that video that I just recently posted in the last few weeks on the tour out at Maple Hill Cemetery. But the other thing that he'd also brought out was this group of ladies that had cadaver dogs. Now, I should note that Maple Hill is in the Charlotte area, but cadaver dogs will be able to respond when they smell human remains. And 
it's fascinating to see them at work. I've uh, watched some other videos on YouTube where they were trying to locate an old cemetery grounds. And I guess human remains put out a very particular smell even 100 years later in the soil. And so going out west, there was a guy out in uh, California that was trying to locate the cemetery locations on the grounds of an old ghost town that he's living in, that he purchased the land and he purchased the ghost town. And so he was trying to identify where some of the different workers at this ghost town may have been buried. And he did locate it with cadaver dogs. It was quite a fascinating um, thing to see these dogs at work. And they will sniff around and sniff around. Suddenly the dog will sit down. And that's when he's indicated that he smelled human remains. And, of course, the dog gets a treat and goes on and keeps sniffing. And so if you were to take a dog to a normal cemetery, the dog would probably trigger on pretty much every grave because no matter how old a grave is or even recently, there's going to be some degree of odor that comes up through the soil that um, the dogs can smell. And it's not, they, they have a very particular name for it. It's called cadaverine or putrescine. These are chemicals produced by decomposing corpses. And dogs that are trained to smell that and pick up that scent are used for searching for people that are lost or missing or buried somewhere. Now, the police force uses cadaver dogs in searching for human remains. They also use it in search and rescue when there's been a disaster. They used cadaver dogs at 9-11, for example, and they also use it during earthquakes to locate human remains when buildings have collapsed and so forth. And they can also be used to find the remains in old forgotten cemeteries so that you can restore and put a headstone or marker or at the very least mark the area as a cemetery and plot out the parameters of where say, a potter's field is, which was the poor person's cemetery, or they didn't have the money to have a marked grave, or they were graves that were marked only by wooden markers, and it's been a 100 years or more, and the wooden markers have decayed and disappeared, and so all that remains is whatever was buried in the ground. And so then you have this whole group of folks that train dogs to search for and locate human cadavers. And so there's this whole group of them in the search and rescue community that are trained cadaver dogs. And not every dog is capable of doing it. It takes a very specific dog with a very specific set of skills. But what I've been fascinated with when I've seen cadaver dogs in action is they tend to be different breeds. It's not a specific breed like you become familiar with, with say police dogs, where they use a lot of the Malamu's uh, German Shepherd type breeds and that sort of thing. Cadaver dogs seem to be a mix of different breeds. They have had some that are Doberman Pinschers and some that are uh, Labradors and so and so forth. So it just uh, it just depends on the dog themselves. And so I would bet if you were to take a cadaver dog and have them walk around the front lawn of the Federal Center near those two twin towers, that you would stand a good chance that they would read the signal on a human remain there. And the same thing if you took one around Quaker Park. Because whenever you move a cemetery and try to move all the graves, there's always bound to be something that you've missed. And there are stories that they found human bones when they excavated to build the Twin Towers because of the old cemetery there. They found some missing coffins that they had not located and moved during that history. So the Quaker Cemetery was not the only secular cemetery founded in the Battle Creek area. There was another one at Mount Olivet Cemetery, 
and that was founded by the Catholic Diocese, and it is right across from Oak Hill Cemetery. And it was laid out in 1878, and my notes on that says it was uh, about five acres of land, which seems about right when you look at Mount Olivet Cemetery today. Now, Oak Hill Cemetery was much larger, and it started out as a smaller parcel of land, and it grew with different parcels being added over the first 11 or 15 years of its existence until it was over 75 acres. So Oak Hill Cemetery is quite large compared to something like Mount Olivet Cemetery. Now, the first person buried at the new Oak Hill Cemetery, which was founded in 1844, was the wife of Dr. Edward Cox. And he was a local physician here in Battle Creek during that time. And then the first monument that was erected in the cemetery was put up by the two brothers, Moses and Tolman Hall. And it was I believe it was within uh, the first year of the cemetery being in existence. And they put it up for their father, who was a Revolutionary War veteran. But there was no formal corporation of the cemetery at Oak Hill Cemetery called into existence until August 12th of 1855, when a new state law came down that required the organization of cemeteries. So Oak Hill Cemetery organized into a company or a private organization in October of 1855. And so they are a private cemetery, and I believe membership is driven by lot purchases, because there are three public cemeteries that are much older than Oak Hill Cemetery. Remember, Oak Hill Cemetery was founded in 1844. Quaker burial grounds were established in 1837, and the very first cemetery in Battle Creek that was founded by Sands McCamley was 1836. Now, there are a couple other ones that are much older. There is Beckley Cemetery out there off of Helmer Road near Beckley intersection, just within a probably 100 yards of that intersection. And that was founded by a man whose last name was Beckley. And he had Beckley Corners out there. He had a farm out there. That cemetery was actually on another farmer's land, and it was originally named after that farmer. And I've forgotten what the exact name was at this point. But that was founded in 1823. And it was founded as more of a private cemetery. And the 1823, you have to remember, that was pre any major settlement era. So the burials that are located in that cemetery were reported to have been either French trappers or Native Americans based on the cemetery records out there that they found or had notations of some Native American graves there. So that's how you get the age of 1823 at Beckley Cemetery. Dubois Cemetery is reported per a 1997 article in the Battle Creek Inquirer as being established in 1816, which would put it as the oldest cemetery in Battle Creek, and that is located near the Blue Water Tower off of Beckley Road up on that hill. Now, in my research, I was not able to find any notations on find a grave of anybody buried in 1816. So that may also be another case of a Native American being buried there, or perhaps a French trapper or somebody like that that came through, and that there was a grave found there, and they decided just to keep, to dedicate the land around it as a cemetery, and that's how it came into existence. 
because the only Europeans that would have been in this area in 1816 would have been the French or somebody traveling through on their way to Chicago, because even the territorial roads weren't very founded at that point. They would have been following the Native American trails, and this was all wild country at that point. The other old cemetery that was founded in 1836 is Young Cemetery, and that's the other public cemetery here in Battle Creek. That's located off of West Territorial Road, and it's right adjacent to Memorial Park Cemetery. And it has a lot of incredible history there with some of the early pioneers of Battle Creek. A lot of the pioneers of Gogwak Prairie are buried there, including the Helmer family and many other uh, familiar names that you will see on streets around that section of town, including the Gethings and the Youngs and a lot of other people. And I have done YouTube videos on all three of those cemeteries, Beckley Cemetery, Dubois Cemetery, and Young's Cemetery. Now, over in Bedford Township, there are three cemeteries that have been around a long time. Now, the exact age of Bedford Cemetery, I call into question this 1997 article says there's a burial record from 1808, but I believe that must have been a typo in the original record. My guess is that cemetery's earliest burial was probably something like 1848 or maybe 1838, um, and the three was misidentified as a zero or mistyped. But, you know, in my research, I was not able to find any record online, at least, of a grave that old. And I haven't gone down to Bedford Township to look through their old cemetery records, so I I stand to be corrected if there is such an old grave. But once again, for someone to have been buried in 1808 that was a European in this area and have a cemetery marker of some kind, or it would have had to have been somebody like the French or a trapper or a trader or somebody coming through on their way to Chicago, cross-country and dying. And likely at that period of time, it would have been marked with a stick and they would have moved on. So the fact that there's a burial record is kind of suspicious to me of 1808. More likely, it's a typo. And I have found typographical errors in cemetery records before, and I've covered some of that in my videos. The other two old cemeteries that are in Bedford Township is the Holiday Harmon Cemetery off Morgan Road. That's a very small cemetery founded in 1847. And as you can imagine, the Holiday family are buried there, as well as some of the members of the Harmon family. Uh, Harmonia Cemetery is the old cemetery from the prior village of Harmonia. And it, that cemetery lies within Bedford Township, even though the village of Harmonia itself would have been in Battle Creek, partially in Battle Creek Township at the time, and partially in Bedford Township. And today... The location of the old Harmonia Village is in the parking lot of Denso Manufacturing. But the Cemetery of Harmonia was established in 1843. Going over to Emmett Township, Soresco Cemetery off of 12 Mile Road was established in 1864. Uh, Newbury Cemetery off of B Drive is, was established in 1834. And then Sandstone Cemetery off of 11 Mile Road near F Drive North was established in the 1830s. The larger of the three would have been the Soresco Cemetery. The second one is Newbury Cemetery. And Sandstone only has roughly about 53 graves in it. And of the ones in Emmett Township, I've only done a video on Newbury Cemetery. I have not done 
a video yet on Ceresco or Sandstone, but I do have them on my list. The other uh, cemeteries over in Leroy Township are quite interesting. The Mather Cemetery, as listed as that in 1997, is now known as the Mather Voice Cemetery, and that is off of Five Mile Road over in East Leroy, and that was established in 1838. The Morgan Cemetery, which is uh, near Sonoma area, it was established in 1839. And then the South Leroy Congregational Cemetery off of H Drive. I've done a video out there as well, and that one was established in 1832. The only cemetery I haven't done a video on in Leroy Township is the West Leroy Cemetery over off of C Drive North, and that was established in the 1830s sometime. Now, Marshall Township has the Hotchkiss Cemetery off of J Drive North. The earliest burial date in that one is not known. It's estimated somewhere between the late 1830s and 1840s. Oak Ridge Cemetery in Marshall, of course, is one of the older ones in the county. It was established in 1837, and that's off of uh, Dibble Street at 614 Dibble Street, to be exact. And that has over 10,000 graves. That's a very large cemetery like Oak Hill Cemetery, and that is a public cemetery. And then Newton Township has a public cemetery called the Newton Township Cemetery, and I did a video on that one. A very fascinating history out there. A lot of uh, interesting history from the early pioneer days of Newton Township, and that was established in 1836. Springfield has Reese Cemetery off of Dickman Road and Helmer Roads, and that was established in 1843. Now, there are a few other cemeteries in the county that are private cemeteries. There is St. Mary's over in... Marshall, and of course in Battle Creek there's Memorial Park Cemetery. Memorial Park Cemetery was established somewhere in the early 1900s, 1920s I want to say. I don't have the exact date on that one right now. Memorial Park is quite interesting because when it was established it became more of a preferred burial ground for a lot of these other private cemeteries. And that one is organized in an maintained by the Kiwanis Club of Battle Creek. Now, I've been told a lot of the Catholic families relocated some of their family members from Mount Olivet Cemetery over to Memorial Park. I found some historical references to that, and so it became kind of a preferred cemetery to have your family buried in. So it is quite a large cemetery. It's probably well over 10,000 graves at this point, and a lot of interesting history there at Memorial Park. I've done a couple of videos out there already. Now, moving over to Albion, Michigan, which is in Calhoun County, Riverside Cemetery is largely regarded as one of the more historic cemeteries there. The first burial in that cemetery was in 1857, and that is a very large cemetery. I've done a few videos out there. Uh, always a fascinating history to explore Riverside Cemetery, and very beautifully maintained. And as a historical researcher, it is uh, very well organized online so that you can find and locate graves a lot easier, and I do appreciate a lot of the work that they've done to make some of the mapping available so you can locate graves and also track down some early history. A lot of great uh, historians out there preserving history at Riverside Cemetery in Albion. And south of Battle Creek, down in Athens, there is Burr Oak Cemetery. Uh, I should backtrack a little bit. There are probably another five or six other cemeteries in the Albion area. I'll just quickly mention some of their names. There's Albion Memorial Gardens. There's Davis Family Cemetery. 
There's the Kennerick Cemetery, and there's also a Reed Family Cemetery, and then there's the St. James Episcopal Church Cemetery, as well as the South Albion Cemetery, to name a few that are in the Albion area. And I believe there's also a cemetery at the Star Commonwealth called the Star Commonwealth Schools Cemetery. So in the Athens area, there is Burr Oak Cemetery. And offhand, I don't remember the exact date that Burr Oak Cemetery was founded. It was somewhere in the 1830s, if I recall correctly. But it is not the oldest cemetery in Athens. I believe the old Burg Cemetery is, and that one dates back to the early 1830s. That was uh, in the pioneer establishment time of the Athens community. And a lot of the graves, I understand, at the old Burg Cemetery were from the cholera epidemic that swept through Calhoun County and it started hit really badly over in Marshall and then moved over towards Athens and uh, a lot of people died from cholera over in the Athens area as well. Uh, other cemeteries in the Athens area is the Stimson Cemetery, the Walker Cemetery, the North Athens Cemetery, and there's also a Indian Cemetery on the grounds of the Pine Creek Reservation. And there's uh, some really fascinating Native American markers out there at that cemetery. And going back to the Battle Creek area, I missed talking about the one up in Penfield Township, uh, Hicks Cemetery. I've done a few videos out there. A lot of amazing pioneer history out there at the Hicks Cemetery. Uh, a lot of great stories. And of course, around Battle Creek, there's still a few that I have not mentioned because they were private cemeteries. There's Floral Lawn Memorial Gardens Cemetery. And that is over off of the Waddles Road area. There's Haskell Home Cemetery. Now, this is a cemetery a lot of people don't know about because there's no existing markers there anymore. And this is on, this was the cemetery used by the old Haskell Home. And the people that are buried in this cemetery were a lot of elderly people within the Battle Creek community that were poor, as well as children that died over the years at the Haskell Home. Uh, there were a few other indigent people from the community that were also buried there. That was kind of like the Potter's Field type cemetery for the poor people during the years of its existence. And when the Haskell Home for Children burned down, the cemetery itself fell into disuse. There used to be some markers out there, and they've either sunk or have been stolen over the years. There's a gentleman in town that I've spoken to at length. He wants to bring out ground-penetrating radar out there to see if they can find where the markers are and see if they are sunk and if they could be maybe dug up and re restored and maybe preserve the cemetery. Uh, he hasn't yet been able to get anybody with ground penetrating radar to go out there yet. But that's an interesting cemetery. I did a video on the Haskell Home for Children and mentioned that cemetery. It's basically um, an open lot and it's got a historic marker in front of it as the location of the cemetery. And that one is located on Limit Street in Battle Creek on the corner of Campus Drive. Uh, it's The Campus Drive is the Battle Creek Academy, which is the Seventh-day Adventist School there. And then wrapping up the Battle Creek area across from Memorial Park Cemetery is Memorial Park Sunset Gardens. And then there is also St. Thomas Episcopal Church Memorial Gardens Cemetery. There is one other smaller family cemetery called the Yoshi Family Cemetery in Battle Creek. And I have not ventured on over to find that one. I think that one is a very difficult one to go in and see. It's only a personal family that is buried in that cemetery. Other parts of the county, there's Abscotta Cemetery down in the Burlington area. That's a very old cemetery. Convis Township has the Austin Cemetery, 
And then there's also the Barrington Cemetery over in uh, Burlington area, as well as the Burlington Township Cemetery. And then in Clarence Township, there is the Clarence Center Cemetery. And then in Clarendon Township, there is the Clarendon Cemetery. And also in Clarendon is the Cook's Prairie Cemetery. There's the Dyer Cemetery over in the Clarence Center area. And of course, the East Eckford Cemetery. I've driven by that one a few times and never had time to stop. Uh, that looks like a fascinating one to explore. And then Homer has several cemeteries that are quite historic. I have made plans to go out to the Fairview Cemetery and also the Fisher Cemetery at one point, And I just was never able to get on over there to do some filming out there. And then Homer also has a Homer Amish Cemetery, which has some really interesting markers in it. There's only a few memorials in that cemetery, but it's a, an interesting one to look at. If you go and find a grave, you can find the locations of all these cemeteries. And then venturing back over to Marshall, there's another one that I missed called the Houston Cemetery and also the Johnson Cemetery. And then there's, of course, the Lutheran Cemetery, which would have been another private denominational type cemetery over in the Marshall area. Wright's Corner is another location that has a cemetery called the Lion Lake Cemetery. A lot of fascinating, interesting historic markers in that cemetery. And that's one that I found some biographical references to people buried out there that I really want to go and check that cemetery out because it looks like one of the really cool old ones that are in that uh, section of the county. And then there's a really old cemetery out at the uh, Duck Lake area called the Nichols Cemetery. Uh, there's another one I missed in Penfield called the Mulvaney Farm Cemetery, and it's a relatively small one. It has some uh, historic markers out there. And then in the Partello area, there was the uh, Partello Cemetery, and Convis Township also has the Porter Cemetery, and Marshall has the Rice Creek Cemetery. There's another Riverside Cemetery down in Taconcha, and the name Riverside is a common name that you'll see used in cemeteries across the country. I think it's about as popular as Oak Hill is being named for a cemetery location. There are several Riverside cemeteries in the state. I think there's at least three or four of them in the county. There's one down in Union City called Riverside. There's one in Albion. There's one in Taconcha. And finally, another old cemetery out in the Tecancha area is the Windfall Cemetery. Now, I think that's an incredibly fascinating name. Uh, I wanted to take a visit out there just because of the unique-sounding name of that cemetery and go check out some of the history out there. But whenever you're venturing around and you see a cemetery and you got time, take some time to stop and go explore and look at the old headstones. You never know what you're going to find, and oftentimes you'll find an amazing piece of history that no one knows about because someone hasn't taken time to really look and explore or dust off a headstone to see what was written there. And I have been surprised over the years of just doing this that I will find little pieces of information about somebody's life that's in the corner of some forgotten cemetery. Uh, you know, they, they fought in a particular battle, in a particular war, or maybe they took time to engrave a portion of their life story or just the epitaphs that somebody will carve into a stone often will tell you a lot about what people thought of that person and what was important to them in life. And sometimes they'll leave messages for the living on their stones as well 
telling you to uh, live life to the fullest because we all end up buried underground at some point. And I've seen markers that say sorts of things like that. But also just in the artwork itself, it tells a lot about the person. And uh, it's just very interesting to explore the history of old cemeteries, learning about some of the history of how some of these cemeteries established and the needs of the pioneers and what their thinking process is and locating them. And oftentimes the choices they made for cemeteries were poor locations that would later flood or be in a position where they needed to be removed and relocated because they were getting in the way of progress of the growing village or community, which I've given a few examples of that today. But if you enjoyed this little tour through some of the Calhoun County cemeteries and some of the names of the ones that are out there, this is uh, not the full list. There are a few other ones that I failed to mention that are on Find a Grave if you want to go and explore that. There's a lot of the old cemeteries that you can't go visit because they're now on private property. Uh, one of the examples is the County Poorhouse Cemetery is now owned on private land. So you, I didn't even mention that in this list today, but that's a one that I'd love to go visit and walk around and see if there are any existing markers on, but it's on private land now. So some of these things are a little bit out of reach, but that's going to conclude today's journey through history. If you enjoyed listening to today's episode as you're driving around or going about your day, please take some time to leave a review or rating on whatever app that you are listening on and encourage your friends to listen to this podcast whenever you have the opportunity. And if you'd like to follow me on Facebook, you can find me at Michael Delaware Author. And I'm always happy to hear from my listeners. If you want to reach out to me, either through the Michael Delaware Author page on Facebook or through my website at michaeldelaware.com and send in a contact form through email. Um, I always look forward to checking my email every day to see messages that come through on that sort of thing. And until next time, when we take another journey into yesterday and explore even more fascinating tales of Southwest Michigan's past. Thank you for listening. <laughs>